0: Welcome to the RTGA podcast for a pre-All-Ireland hurling final special and we've lined up an illuminous cast of neutral voices, well nearly neutral, uh, ahead of what we hope will be a fitting contest on Sunday to round off a brilliant year for the small ball. Marty Marcy, welcome.
1: Thank you very much Roy. delighted to be with you.
0: Jackie Terrell. all is good I hope. Yeah, great Rory, uh, it's the it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's not? It, it sure is. <laughs> and, and Brendan Cummins, how are things? Sure I go Jack Tim Camper okay for now Rory O'Neill is my name Sunday game production man for most of the week and podcast host when Mikey takes a well-earned rest and I think uh, everyone needs a rest and I know this is hurling but I presume just to digress ever so slightly we all watched that game on Saturday night lads did we? Dublin Mayo Yeah 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 it was something Fantastic. else wasn't it yeah it really yeah, was yeah. i just want to make one point right and i know brendan would be aware of this and i look i have no allegiances one way or the other to connor lane i don't know connor lane i've never met the man i've no like i i, I, I i've never met him from adam don't know him from boo right but i have the ref link and have access to the audio mic and i'm sure brendan you, you we get it for the the matches obviously it's not recorded you would have had to have heard what was going on for the poor fella on Saturday, like every five minutes and every two or three minutes, Connor fourteen and three fighting, yellow card. Connor five and six fighting, rolling on the ground, rough play, yellow card. Connor behind you on the other corner, uh, two and six. Uh, this was going on constantly, and he was having to reverie the game at the same time. You know, it was very very tough for the poor fella. Now, yeah,
2: we're probably getting into the into maybe in a conversation I thought would would happen. Is that we might be into the two refs situation again um, like the Aussie rules and and, and I was surprised over the weekend that it hadn't hadn't blossomed out of it and it is really difficult especially when somebody's refereeing the dubs because the team that was going to beat them the way the game meandered along for all the world and everyone was kind of half asleep in the first half when I'm playing around the back and it was like a soccer match but then once it gathered momentum going downhill towards the finish line it was just absolute chaos and it is really difficult chaos. for the referees. And plus, then you have a poor fella that's in, in hospital getting his jaw wired from uh, from a wallop as well. So it becomes extremely emot- uh, emotive and um, it is really difficult for the ref. But I just think from a referee's point of view you just start throwing out a few yellow cards early on, these kind of matches, stamp your authority on the game. We might see a bit of that on the weekend with mm-hmm. uh, with Fergal Horgan as well. Let's be honest, it's not going to be the pulling and dragging, but at the same time, he will try to stamp his authority as a referee on the game. And it'll be interesting to see how he does that and uses the experience in that situation.
0: Well, it's very interesting you say that, Brendan, because I obviously had the ref link as well for the Cork-Kilkenny game. And within the first couple of minutes, like, there was a bit of pulling dragon and I'm not saying this obviously with my car cat on. Well, I am Jackie. right? <laughs> right. Okay. But there was like, yeah. but, but he spotted it yeah. instantly. He, he mm. spotted Hugh Lawler and on the second <laughs> pull of Patrick Corgan, he, he went into Hugh and he said, the next time you're going in the book, I saw you. And he started doing this with his hands to say, you, that's how far you were pulling his Jersey. And the next time you're going, and it just stopped. It just mm. stopped immediately like the, the man has great authority now and I think it was a really good appointment again for this final would we agree
3: oh I, I think it's a it's great an appointment and, and as a player you read the ref in the first 5-10 minutes and you know what you can and can't get away with and Fergal Horgan that day you knew Hugh Lawler as a defender or any defender looking out going I'm not going to get away with a whole lot today and I need to be you know right on the money with my tackles my timing and that kind of thing so players do read referees and uh, I thought he was outstanding that day and I'd expect him to be just as good this weekend because there's no doubt about it he's the best hurling referee at the minute. Um, and I suppose maybe for Conor Lane in the football, there was so much going on. Mm. It kind of reminded me of 2012 when we played Tipperary. There was so much going on all over the field that day that it, you just you have two eyes and if yeah. there's or six instances going on, you can't see them all and be able to read them all and deal with them all, you know. And sometimes games like that, when there's that familiarity, and obviously Dublin and Mayo know each other so well, mm-hmm. there's history, there's you know, there's agendas from years gone by, Um, you know, and probably from from a Cork and Limerick point of view, they don't know each other a whole lot. They haven't met in an All Ireland. Yeah, they played in in, in a or in an All Ireland semi final a few years. but there's not that familiarity that existed the weekend between Dublin and Mayo.
0: Um, just before we get into the match, just very briefly, Marty. Um, obviously, big news there during the week. Liam Sheedy stepping down. Mm. It was would it have been on the cards? I mean, he was at the end of a three-year term. Uh, won in all Ireland in his first year on this tour, on this, on and in this managerial reign. Won it in his last year uh, on the previous. And like overall, I would imagine it would be considered a success. But the right decision from Liam? Do you believe?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was down with Brendan. Brendan did a news piece with me, and we had a chat about it. And it, it was kind of, it was in the, it was in the ether, it was in the air. And it was depending on whether what was Liam's own attitude, because uh, you know he's done it, he's been to the mountaintop twice, so he's nothing to prove, nothing. and he owes nothing to Tipperary, in my humble opinion. Um, so it it just depended on what he wanted to do, uh, and clearly, I think he feels that he's done as much as he can. Um, And I I think it'll be interesting to see what will happen because there are several candidates, some inside the county, uh, some outside the county, some that are on our podcast at the moment, may I suggest? <laughs> Jackie
2: will never, I tell you, Tipperary. <laughs> no, we'll <laughs> write that down now.
1: I'm sorry, Jackie. I you rejected, but you just didn't make it. Brendan, oh, Brendan, Brenda, Now be fair to Jackie. Jackie is only just out to get out of bed, as you can see there in the background below. So you'd want to be up early, Jackie. You could you imagine? Could you imagine
0: Jackie Terrell, manager of the Tipperary hurling team? That would be some crack now. And three selectors from, from Kilkenny as well.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tommy Welsh, JJ Lane.
0: <laughs> you would finish him off from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Do you agree though, Brendan, that uh, that it was probably a good time for Liam to pull the rip card and 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 exit stage left?
2: Yeah, well, you think where Tipperary was when Liam took over? Um, I think we hadn't made it out of the out of the round robin. There was a little bit of chaos around the around the whole around the whole thing. We knew we had a generation of players that had just simply underperformed for a year, and he was the exact fit to make it right. And he did, you know. And I think the scenes in the Wexford game when he was going up and down the line, and Tipperary got over that. Then, of course, we had the Kilkenny game when you put the old enemy to the sword like we did that day. Then after that, of course, everyone was expecting a small bit of a rebuild, but Liam went with the existing players because he would have always said I've a I have a one year plan because he understood in management like that you have to win this year's All Ireland and that's just the way it is. So yeah, I mean the, the commitment and his change of role he's with Tenio now and all. So I mean, he doesn't know Tibreri absolutely anything. I mean, the man is just uh, an absolute legend. I think the only way we're we going to get the concrete for the statue is the, is the next question, to be honest with you. He's done so much for Tiberi. He puts a background team together like no other. And uh, so, he'll be fine in his retirement forever long. That will that will last. But he certainly did a fantastic job for Tip. Now, obviously, all eyes now look at uh, who, who the replacement is going to be. Realistically,
1: realistically, you'd have to say that Liam Cahill must be... Uh, a strong contender because yeah. there will be an argument uh, within I think Tipperary that Liam Carroll was unlucky not to get it the last time, mm-hmm. but he's done quite a great, quite a good job with Waterford. So whether he, Liam will want to go back, remember he won under 20 All-Ireland. Uh, so there's a there's a group of players coming through. He may want to go back in and finish the job that he uh, I would imagine deserved because I think he went to Waterford on the basis he wanted a bit of senior inter-county experience. Now he's done that, brought him to an All-Ireland final. Uh, and he may well. but I, So I think Liam Cahill's decision will reverberate and we'll see where, where things happen.
2: Yeah, and I think on that as well, Marty, the, the, the Liam Cahill decision will have to come quickly because you remember, um, he's with Watford who were in the last two, they they're in the All-Ireland final and the All-Ireland semi-final. So they have a, a, a bar now set as to what the expectations are. So mm. they will want clarity very quickly because you see at the moment, like you look at Wexford, not too sure who the manager will be. God knows what's going to happen in Galway. The last thing you want to be is the county board chairman is the last out there looking for a manager. So Waterford will be expecting a decision quickly, I would expect. Tipperary will be expecting to appoint quickly as well because like, if you have to go looking for somebody, it takes a while now. It's not something you can do overnight. So in fairness, I think in the coming week or week and a half or so, it should tell us an awful lot as to, as to where
0: Liam Cahill stands. And there won't be any change in Kilkenny, Jackie? I wouldn't imagine so, Rory.
3: Um, you know, Brian will sit back and reflect. Uh, Northside is, is very quiet at the minute. There's not a whole lot of chat. Um, you know, the, the, the realisation around K is that Brian is getting the maximum of this team and that's where they are at the minute. Um, and I would expect Brian to sit back and, and, and be be ratified within the coming months and obviously he probably scour the the, the, the the county for talent and see who can he pull through. That is what we need. We need fresh talent coming through. Obviously, uh, TJ is pushing on in years. There's a few other guys as well. Connor Fordy and Killian Buckley, you know, the years are pushing on, so we need to start looking at guys that we can bring to replace these guys because when they go, they will leave, leave a big void. But, you know, I, I expect things to say as is uh, for 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 this year and for
0: Kilkenny. So let's look ahead to Sunday, Marty. You've been out obviously filming for the last two weeks mm-hmm. in both counties and, and visiting both camps.
1: What's what's the feeling on the ground? Well, the feeling I'm getting right across the hurling world is that uh, Limerick, it's Limerick's to lose. Uh, Limerick. Are keep saying, favorites. keep saying, keep saying that, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> you send me a fiver to say that, Rory. So I'm saying. Um, I think that you know things would have to go well for Cork. Mm. These are the kind of phrases I'm hearing, and Limerick would have to have a bad day. That they haven't had really a bad day, maybe the first half against Tipperary in the Munster final. So, yeah, I mean, Limerick would be hot, would be the hottest of favourites, I would, yeah. uh, would have thought. But I think Cork will have gained an awful lot of momentum from the three games. Uh, and talking to Patrick Horgan and um, Kieran Kingston, the, the, the Clare game was significant because... They felt that Claire were coming. Claire had had games. They achieved, they, they, they marked Tony Kelly. Young players, Jack O'Connor, scored goals. And then that, that mode, that they got their mojo. And I, above all else, and this is the important thing, they won in Croke Park because they haven't won in Croke Park in a long, long time. Mm. And they beat Kilkenny.
0: 2013 so, semi final. I think the 2013 semi final was the last yes, victory against there. Dublin. Yeah. And
1: that was the day that Reiner Dwyer was sent off. Dale mm. was in charge Uh, etc etc and basically they feel that they have they're they're on their way which I do believe that they are whether it is that's all enough for them to achieve success against a Limerick team that's going for back-to-back All-Irelands and has the physical strength I do not know but I think knowing Cork and as as they say and you know it because you're a Corkman this is Cork by this Hmm. is Cork they
0: they won't be they won't be lacking belief
1: no they won't and uh, they might be outsiders but i give them a fair chance if they just mm. hurl with abandonment almost, with a plan, with a strategy, but from the soul and from the heart.
0: There's a great novelty uh, feeling to the final in a lot of ways, Jackie, in that, you know, it's a very first meeting between Cork and Limerick in a final. Um, it's, a, it's an all-Munster uh, pairing once again. But would it be fair to say you would have picked Limerick at the beginning of the year to make it? Would you have picked Cork to make it?
3: Yeah, Rory, it's, it's definitely fresh and new and, and there's something really nice and tangible about that because, you know, you're trying to think of history and all that and there is none. It's, 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 it's a new script, it's a fresh page. Yeah, you wouldn't have picked Limerick. I wouldn't have picked Cork to be in an all-air final. No way, but final, yeah, maybe on a good day they might push and get to a semi-final. But it's only when Marty's talking and you hear the building blocks that they have in place, like how big it was to be clear, to hold Tony Kelly, to get back to Croke Park. And then to win and to beat Kilkenny there, you know it, it's con- it's really convincing stuff. And the thing about it is, is, this isn't an old aging team with history with scars of of bad defeats before. A lot of new fresh blood in there that haven't been to Croke or that haven't really you know had bad days there. So like there is that, you know there's no fear as as Marty said. And I think like it, it, I know it's a bit of a laugh and, and this is boy but Car come with a swagger, Car always come with a confidence that they can beat anyone. It doesn't matter about the last day. So, I'm not going for this car team. There really is. I would not have had him in, in a final and it's, it's definitely maybe a year or two sooner than I ever thought that I would have been. And there's so much momentum back on the background of the 20s and the minors and things like that. It's, 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 uh, it's a convincing story and, and Kieran Kingston back there, don't forget the good job that him and Dierman O'Sullivan have done previously with, with, with his team. And now they're building on that again and they brought them to another level. Uh,
0: good. It, like interesting that Marty references and it's something that had probably came out of the camp, Brendan, in relation to incremental improvements from the very first day against Limerick, who they now face again. We'll stick with Cork, obviously, just for a, a little bit. Um, would you have seen the same? Would you have seen incremental improvements game on game from first day out against Limerick? You know, like I suppose the two killer goals before half-time maybe you know kind of kept the game at arm's length from there on in last by eight in the end Limerick kind of felt were pulling up but did they did they improve game on game after that in your view? I think they
2: did and I think what Cork really wanted all along was to get a win I mean, um, it's one thing having the swagger, but you need to build it on something more than just we've won all irons in the past. And this group of players with the backroom team, the stellar backroom team that Cork have, to be fair, it was only going to take a win. The management would have believed totally in the players, but for a player to get their mojo or to feel that they're invincible, they need to get a couple of wins under their belt. And I agree with Marty, that player game was absolutely massive. Like even in the last throw of the dice when Tony Kelly had the shot and Collins brought off the save... When you're sitting in a dressing room after a game, you think to yourself, well, we could be out of the championship, but we're not. So it's a little bit written in the stars. The management come in and say, the process is working. We're going really well. I told you, if all things are equal, we'll get a bit of luck and we'll get across the line. And then, of course, they won in Crow Park. But another big part of what Cork have is Tim O'Mahony's bombing up the field. Mm -hmm. Mellerick will be a huge loss for the final now. Downey's gone in full back. Jack O'Connor... It's like that striker you play on different centre halves to test him and eventually he finds a weak spot like he did on Delaney the last day and he just absolutely speeds past him, you know. So they have the players that will disturb the force, we'll call it, that is Limerick. They'll just rotate him around. They have the bench, Dalton, came on the last day. And I think, if you think back to last year's Munster final when Watford got down the home straight with Limerick, Galway got down the home straight with Limerick, they didn't really believe that they could finish the job if Cork can get down the home straight with Limerick, they will totally believe that they're going to be all Ireland champions. And that's something this Limerick team hasn't come up against. Even Tipperary, when Tip went nine points up in the Munster final, you always kind of got a bit of a sense that, well, you know, maybe they'll come back or maybe they'll do this. And of course, we all proved ourselves right when they did a demolition job in the second half. Cork won't have any of that going on now. They have freshness, they have legs, they have wins under their, their belt, which creates belief. You know,
1: Limerick have beaten Cork twice, Rory, this year, <clears throat> both of them by eight points. Yeah. And I was, I saw both games. I was at the league game, and you just sense the Cork were trying to learn about themselves. I think, I don't think they were ready to beat Limerick then. I think by losing twice, they actually have a psychological advantage up here because Limerick have to say, "Well, should we beat them before?" No matter how mm. good John Kylie is, there is a danger that they just might. Be aware that Cork, well, we can beat them. Where Cork, I think, have found their mojo. They have found good forwards. As uh, Brendan says, they've got Tim Amani doing what Kyle Hayes is more kind of trying to do. They're, they're adopting a diagonal ball. They're, the right half back it goes over to left half forward position. So they're very similar in some ways in terms of what they're trying to do. But I think that the Cork team that played Limerick earlier is now different to the team that line out on Sunday.
0: Interesting. Um Let's shift to Limerick for a second, Jackie. Are they are they reaching the peak of their powers right now?
3: Well, Rory, if they didn't reach the peak of their powers in Tipperary in the second for half of the semi-final, uh, mm. it's a scary, scary hurling world comes against them. Um, I think they're there. They're probably not consistently nailing it, but they're going very close to it. And I just get this sense with Limerick. They have a plan. It's, they have a clear style of play, and that's their plan A and their plan B to do plan A even better. Um, and I just feel they remind us a small bit of the Kilkenny team yeah. on the peak of our powers. That yeah, of course they, they 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 they're respectful to their opponents. They look at them. They see what they do well, but essentially it's about them. And if they get the right level of performance as regards attitude, work rate, and, and their hurling is just instinctive that they feel they will beat anyone on any day of the week and probably twice on a Sunday if that needs to be the case. They just have this ingrained confidence from winning three monsters in a row, winning their leagues, winning the two All-Irelands. And I just feel that they just have this sense about them. Lads, if we come to the party and we bring everything that we're about, the physicality, the strength, the speed, the deep running, the diagonal balls, that we will beat anyone. And of course, they'll tweak little bits and bobs, but they won't change their game. Even and you see the consistency after 15 that they're picking this year. Hmm. a Couple of games they just have landed on this sweet spot where they know exactly what they're about. Where everyone's role within 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 the within within the team and the panel, and um, and where teams will will tweak from game to game. Limerick are pretty consistent in their approach and they've landed on this really consistent performance. And from times when they hit fifth gear, nobody can live with
0: them. I mean, Jackie made mention there, uh, Marty, about the consistency of team selection. It'll be the same 15 again, won't it? Like well, like they haven't yeah. really changed a huge amount. I was looking at the team that they picked that that played against Cork in the 2018 semi-final, that famous final when Cork were six up with a few minutes to go. And I think Mike Casey and Graham Mulcahy um, were the only two. And mm-hmm. the... Thirteen of the fifteen are still being, no like they were. They, I mean, they're, they're, their average age is still, I think, very very young. So we we won't be seeing any major rabbits out of the hat. I mean, right. they're just going to go, with, you know, the tried and trusted really ahead of Sunday, aren't they?
1: Which, from a, from a very selfish point of view, is wonderful. From my point of view, yeah, yeah because you know, you're doing,
0: yeah, these yeah, yeah.
1: You're doing notes at yeah. 25 past three. What color and helmet? And, what color and, helmet is he wearing again? Yeah. <laughs> Rory, is it a, is it the Cork team for us or Limerick <laughs> yeah. the Limerick is here? So there's, and then we, we tried to pretend on air that we're very calm and collected. We know what we're doing. I think the only change that Limerick have uh, that kind of surprised us, but then if you're from Limerick, you'll know that it wasn't really a surprise. That's when I think it was, uh, was it Mike Casey got um, injured or Richie uh, English? And Dan Morrissey moved from yeah. left half back to full back. And Kyle right. Hayes but Kyle Hayes had played his underage uh, in the half-back line, although we only saw him up at the full forward line. But they're, they're, they're a stable outfit. I mean, there was quite clearly there was a debate at one stage, would Keen Lynch play midfield? Would that squeeze out Darrell Dunovan or Willie O'Donoghue? Willie O'Donoghue had played so well uh, in training uh, and given a commitment and in performances in league and championship that he had to be accommodated. It was actually who would who would stand beside William O'Donoghue. Would it be Dara Donovan or Keane Lynch? But that conundrum has now been sorted out. So, I I mean, we could stay now. We're, we're doing this podcast, uh, what is it? Tuesday. And we can say with almost certainty, and now that Peter Casey got cleared as well, that it will be the 15 that we saw in the semi-final. I can't see any changes whatsoever.
0: And the right decisions on that, Peter Casey, the right decision to uh, clear him and allow him play in the, ma- in the match, Brendan, do you think?
2: Yeah, I think so. It's 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 a difficult one because I know Jackie was talking about it on the on the live feed at the time, that it was <coughs> a, a headbutt and all that. But I think the way he was provoked, I think probably swung it a bit in his favour in that it, it wasn't highlighted as much, the little jab that he got from um, Connor Leeson, which caused the reaction. And I think all factors taken into account, I think yeah, it's it's okay for, for Peter Casey to play an all final. I remember in our setup in two thousand and one when Brian O'Mara missed out. And you'd Liam done to his credit coming in to a meet and saying, "Lads, look, I provoked him. Like I hit him the shot first. You know, don't let him lose out in an All Ireland final." So when you had the two guys who had actually had the scuffle and one of them backing up the other to let him play, it was it was heartbreaking that day. And they ended in two thousand and one.
0: And did they still did they still banned him from playing the game, even though Liam Dunn went in?
2: Yeah, done. In fairness, Tim had said like that. Look, geez, let the man play the All Ireland final because you know there's there is that honour involved in it. And Jackie will, you know, and Kilkenny and Tipperary, we kill each other and all that. But you know, at the end of the day, you want the other player to um to to play in the final. So my memory from that was that Wexford were full square on saying, look, just let the man play the final. To be fair, you know, but unfortunately, when he sat in that boardroom, the the lads down the other end of the table said, no, Tom's down. Like the. Like the arenas, and, and that was it. But I remember Brian around it, around that game. It was really difficult. Like he was there and he's finished his tracksuit, and we all looked at him going, geez, he should be playing, you know. And um, he did everything he could and he was fantastic to the group. But you can see the hurt in a player in the build up to a match when you know that they're going to miss out, like, and that's that's the way it was. So thankfully, Peter Casey is in that situation.
1: And I, and, and I know it shouldn't be a factor because John Kylie said it post match in an interview with us. Um, that, you know, Peter Casey is not that type of character. Mm. Uh, and I would imagine that his CV and his reputation helped him. I know you have to deal with the facts. But as Brendan said, you don't want anybody losing out in an line. final. final but, but Peter Casey is is a fine hurler. And I've never seen him indulge in anything uh, that was. We
2: also, Marky, I'd, I'd have to say, right, we, we can't lose sight either of Limerick playing on the edge. Now, we had Aaron Galan, Garrod, Hegarty's been a few scuffles last year. Tom Morrissey's been a few scuffles. So, Limerick have been well warned and gotten away with a few now over the last 18 months. So, taking off the the Limerick-tinted glasses for a second, you know, and looking at it coldly, they have been really on the edge. And I think Fergal Horgan, if one of them decides that they're going to continue to play on the edge... Fergal Horgan will be fairly fast about giving a yellow and a second yellow to make sure that this is played in the the spirit it's supposed to. And uh, so Limerick were warned. And that was the only thing in the build-up to the Peter Casey one. I was thinking, I don't think he's going to get off because they've had a number of scuffles. Uh, But he has, fortunately for him, and look, as human beings' point of view, we're we're glad to see that he hasn't missed out in the final.
0: And and from a purely personal perspective, I thought it was great that they freed him up to play in the game because I think Jackie and and our panel at the time said it was a lunge forward with the head and it was a red card. And I think that's actually a perfectly reasonable assessment to make. But you you don't need to miss the All-Ireland Final because of that. You, you know like the two aren't mutually exclusive. Like in some certain situations, in certain circumstances, the sending off is punishment enough. And I think what Marty's point on the mitigating circumstances around his fantastic track record, potential provocation, and um, and whether or not um, the the correct procedure was followed. No, I find that that part of it a little bit a little bit murky, but. I don't necessarily think it's mutually exclusive to say, look, he deserved to be sent off, Jackie. But at the same time, I don't think he should miss the final.
3: Would would that be fair? Yeah, I suppose that's a fair comment. And and I suppose it probably was looked at the bigger, the whole picture, which is the right way. The camera angle on one of the angles probably wasn't totally conclusive. Another one didn't, he didn't look, it didn't look great for him. The fact mm. the referee went on the guidance of, I think, the either umpire or umpire. the umpire wasn't directing oh, yeah. him yeah. and if it was they were at least well the linesman was probably 30 40 yards away umpire could have been 60 70 so if all those mitigating factors were us were, were brought to the table which it looks like it war, was there probably was a case for him uh my point was that if the head goes forward and uh, you could you could lip read the red, mm. headbutt red card that you are in trouble but thanks look thanks be to god he is available to play and has been released and look, he isn't the dirty player. I don't I don't even remember him having a foul before. So it probably it is totally our character. Um, and thanks be to God, it's not going to be a team where we're going to be talking about after the All-Ireland. He is available to play. He will yes. start. The Limerick team will probably be fairly straightforward. I suppose from the Cork thing is, what are they going to do with Shane Kingston? You know, mm-hmm. a real left of field thing is, could they start Alan Cadigan? He did so well when he came in the last day and maybe hold Shane Horgan back. Uh, will they start Shane, Shane, Shane Barrett again? Probably not. So there's probably you know Marty will probably be scribbling a few notes at <laughs>
0: Cork team. She all right. mm. Speaking of matchups, and I think like the more difficult matchups, I suppose, and the more difficult puzzles to solve, probably come from the Cork side. So do we see Mark Coleman and Kean Lynch, for instance, pairing off, Brendan?
2: not sure if Mark Coleman's a man-marker. It's the big conundrum and what would have kept Kieran Kingston and the background team up, I suppose, in the coming, coming nights is what you do with him. Jeremy Mellick would have been the absolute ideal because you're playing with a, a sweeper for all the world, you can go man-to-man around the pitch and you'll be fine. you still have the cover behind you. Um, I don't know what to do with, to be honest with you, Keane Lynch. I think what they might do is they, they might try to get one of the midfielders to sit back and pick him up when he comes into his zone. And just make sure you're, you're shadowing them because when you are playing with that sweeper back there, you are going to try to have an extra man out around the middle third of the pitch. But it's very, very hard with Keane Lynch because remember, normally you'd say, Ash, look, if you put a man marker on him, they won't give him the ball. But you watch every line ball Limerick have the weekend. There'll be two lads on Keane Lynch's back and they'll give him the ball. Why? Because they want to create an overlap. I think if you're... Cork, the main thing you have to do is go man for man around the pitch. Do not double up on any one of them because you're given an overlap. And once you give that overlap, then the race horses gallop up along the wings mm-hmm. and then you're in big bother. So a bit like what Limerick will be trying to do with Cork is just follow the runner, don't engage with the man with the ball, make sure there's no overlap. That's going to be for me the fascinating part of this game is to watch the lad running with the ball and everyone else staying on their man. To, to see what, to make sure that no one gets that, that that overlap, which causes chaos with the way both teams play.
0: And like the hurler of the year, I suppose, and he's kind of picked up where he left off and he's such a massive problem, I think, for lots of opposition teams, Marty, is Garrod Hagerty. Who do you see pairing off with him?
1: Well, it's an interesting uh, dilemma, I think, for Cobb because it, it would look like Owen Cadigan mm. would probably be playing back. And at the end of the day, Owen is 31-32. Uh, a big, tall lad, experienced. He's in the very... So he's more than 30 31 or 32, Marty? He's
0: heading for 35, Marty. Is he? Yeah. He yeah, told me 31.
1: Yeah. But he's, he's lying. lying. <laughs> <laughs> but then I tell everybody I'm 24. nobody believes it So it's going to be difficult for all oh, to go on Ger Hegarty. I think that Tim O'Mahony probably would be earmarked. I think they have a problem... Uh, you know, Robert Downey has been outstanding. His clash with James Stanigan will be very interesting. Um, but I think Robert Downey has done really well at fullback. But there is a problem in the halfback line. And as Brendan says, it's hard to know what you do with Keane Lynch. So I would think Tim O'Mani will, will take Gerald Hegarty because the puck-out strategy from Nicky Quaid is always to bombard aerial bombardment on top of Jar Hegarty. And Tim O'Manny will be, I would think, earmarked to try and at least break it away from him as much as possible. But I still don't know. That would mean you play Owen Cadigan on the other wing. I think Mark Coleman shouldn't be marking King Lynch. We saw that plan didn't work uh, when they met in in the Gator Girls. That was that was kind of I think the plan. I think as, as Brendan says, he's not a, a man marker. I think he's more of a natural fluid hurler. So I think who's going to mark King Lynch? I don't actually have right answer. I don't have an answer uh, right now. It's to be difficult.
0: Honest. And like then again like and that's, that this is probably why I think Limerick are justifiable favourites the problems and the puzzles that they pose for Cork are so there's so many more from uh, Cork's side to figure out than there is from Limerick I would suggest and like Galan inside as an inside as an inside back Jackie what kind of problems does he pose for a defender like what kind of challenge does he pose for like how how difficult is he to tie down and what is it that makes him so good at what he does
3: it's as you touch it it's the questions he'll ask you like you would normally corner forward an inside forward and you like you get in front of him and like you're probably going to you know you're probably going to put the shackles on him but the thing about him is you get in front of him and those limit halfbacks are so good you can hit a high ball and I, as a cornerback the worst place to be is out in front of a, of, a, of an inside forward who's brilliant in the air like Aaron Galan is and the high ball is coming in because if he catches that behind you you're either pulling him down and you're going for a break for 10 minutes or else he's in on goal. And he mm. he, he, he asks those questions all the time. He delays his runs. He, le- he leaves lovely pockets of space. And his first touch is impeccable. Like him running out to a ball, you know he's going to – his first touch and he can swing the ball over the shoulder. There's just so many questions that that, that he asks you, Rory. Mm. What I will say one thing is probably the form cornerback of this year is Sean O'Donoghue pace, he's strong in the air he's very good on the ground uh, you see the job he done on Owen Cody he's been hugely consistent from a cornerback that has been inconsistent up to, up to this point so they have a good man marker in there, I'd imagine Niall O'Leary will pick up um, Peter Casey um, but I wouldn't be as concerned about Tom Morrissey and Garrod Hagerty, and I could be eating my words on it but if you do remember the Munster Championship this year where Cork sent Owen Caddigan and Tim O'Mani after the two of them and pressed them high up to the field and got in their face and were aggressive and just batted the ball with them. And they, they limited how effective they were. Yes, the Keane Lynch conundrum is a, is a tricky one, but I wouldn't be as concerned about Garrett Hagerty and Tom Morrissey. And now, look, they, they have caused the most trouble for any team going forward. But what they do with Keane Lynch, well, you
1: know, that's that's another day's conversation. I, I I think I don't know whether the lads would agree with me or not, but I think Cork need to keep the Limerick half back line quiet. They need to stop them going forward as much as possible because I think everything comes from Diarmuid Burns, Declan Hannan, and Kyle Hayes. And I think if they, I think that would be a bigger concern almost. If they can stop that and that momentum going forward, then the Keane Lynch thing mightn't be as big a problem, if you know what I mean.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I think that if if uh, O'Connor goes on, dear McBurns, the way Cork play, and Rory, you had it up in your social media feed, like the ball never hit the ground, not the Jack O'Connor put it in past Owen Murphy up the other end with the tic tac use to the ball. It's like, I, time-
0: yeah, sorry, Brendan. Like, I, 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 now, the thing about it for me is Cork look to me like they're playing almost, remember Sabutio? Mm. Yeah. Right? They're playing kind of a Sabutio hurling, right? And, It's That's fine. It looks gorgeous and it's beautiful to watch, but it's delicate. And Limerick are the crusher of dreams, as we know at the minute, right? And I'm just wondering, will you get away with that type of intricate play against a team like Limerick? Well, the the whole
2: key is really for me is to get the ball in front of O'Connor on Burns and turn him and see can you run him the other direction. I think that's what it's going to be. You have no business doing it with Kyle Hayes. If you can get him on Declan Hannan coming down the middle, fine as well. But I think it's down that wing that you can use your legs down. That we will say that Burns and Hannan channel there. And I think that's where Cork will try to run it. Because if they can get Limerick half-back line out the pitch like Kilkenny were inside, Patrick Horgan isn't burned with unbelievable pace. But when it goes in, it sticks. And if he can get one-on-one inside with Dan Morrissey, and then he gets it to, to hold it and gets him like he did with Hugh Lawler, you know, then suddenly he's the one putting the ball over the bar over his shoulder rather than Aaron, Aaron Gallan. And it might cause the Limerick half back line to come back towards their own goals a bit more, which frees up space in the middle. So it's like that, like more chest than even Sabutio is what they're going to have to try to do. And inside in the middle of the warfare that's going to be going on, to watch the brains work and trying to figure out the puzzle is going to be amazing as well, especially with the legs both teams have, because they will not slow down from start to, from start to finish.
0: And a big part of that puzzle, Brendan, is going to be and a key component in the key to unlocking the puzzle is going to be your puckout strategy. What way do you see that playing out for both? I people? think
2: the, the ideal for 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 Cork will be to get it to five or seven, or even get it to Coleman. Uh, I don't think they want to go through the full-back line because that's what Limerick will want them to do. They'll, they'll show them, actually, Limerick have forward, line, have full forward line, I expect, will stand on the Cork 45 and say, go on, hit it to my And I think that's what's going to happen early on to try to get them to run it. Um, but if they can't, if they do go long, Harnedy seems to have been the one that's winning winning the puck outs. But Cork, remind me a bit when Kingston was there first, they played Tipperary and Turles. They have a clear strategy of creating green patches of grass for the ball to drop into. So the forwards are running constantly. So it'll be interesting to see as well with Limerick follow him? Will Kyle Hayes end up on the other wing following his man or Hannon on the other? I don't think that'll be the case. I think they'll try to hold and play zonal and then Cork will try to pick holes in and out between them. So there is an opportunity for Cork, I think, on their own puck out because I don't see Limerick following Cork forwards all around the pitch. Um, so that means then they know what will happen so they're able to plan for it a little bit better.
0: And do you think from a Limerick perspective, Jackie, that it'll be a case of mixing it up? Go short when the option is there, go long when they need to.
3: Yeah, I, I think the variety is, is the spice of life for Limerick, really. As I keep going, allude that they won't change a huge amount. Of what has been they've been doing has been working. They have Garrod Hagerty, they've had Keen Lynch, they have Tom Morrissey, who are well able to win ball in the air, and Scratford on the ground. They have the enforcer in William O'Donoghue will plough lads over in that middle third and wanting Cork aren't in the middle third is physical and strong. <coughs> so, Will O'Donoghue will be so key to it there and probably the best midfielder in the country. And, you know, I voted for Jamie Barron to get the all-star over him last year in the team of the year. I think William O'Donoghue deserves So no matter what happens this weekend, will get his all-star because he's been absolutely outstanding. But I don't see Limerick changing a whole lot. Of course, they will go short and they will probably... <clears throat> overload maybe the left side where Barry Nash is extremely strong on distributing the ball out and they can create the overlap and get it to Kyle Hayes and when Kyle Hayes gets the ball 50 60 yards out from his own goal we all know that's dangerous so I think Limerick will try to press those buttons and go down that route and um, but I will say the one thing Cork have over Limerick slightly is pace and it's pace everywhere it's not just Jack O'Connor it's not just Robbie O'Flynn Daryl Fitzgibbon in the middle, it's Luke Mead. it's 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 Kingston, a, a wing back or a cornerback, it's Tim O'Manny, those lunging runs. It's the one thing, and limit possibly if they're playing Kilkenny or a or a tip, wouldn't be exposed to this level of pace, movement, and speed. Shane Kingston, Alan Catt, it's just everywhere. So it's it's an area that Cork will look to expose. And as Brendan said, is Will the Limerick half-back line follow him and create those bases like Kenny did? I wouldn't imagine they will, but it'll be fascinating to see if Cork can, Cork can get some joy in that area.
0: And just before we head for predictions, lads, the Marty, the bench, I mean, both teams, would it be fair to say both teams would have, you know, reasonable strength and depth to bring mm-hmm. lads in, whether it be Pat Ryan, you know, yeah. um, you've got be obviously... Intriguing. You know, you and you have the young lads Cahill O'Neill and Corkland, like, and then from a Cork perspective, with you've the Damien Cahillans, whether or not Kingston makes it, Cadigan, you know, so and Barrett and Connolly. So there's there's there's, there's there's good options for both teams, isn't yeah. there?
1: Yeah, and I just passed comment. I did the Leinster football final this year between Dublin and Kildare, and it was only when I was there, you know, preparing for it, that you looked at the Dublin bench, and it wasn't as strong as it was in the past, and it was quite noticeable. You look at these two teams and you think they have plenty to choose from. Mm. I mean, do you start Shane Kingston after scoring seven points? Do you start Alan Callaghan? Do you bring him on? Um, these are gonna be difficult decisions and um, it's, it's hard to know. I certainly think Shane Kingston laid down a marker, but it is is—it is a cliche, there is a 26-man game anymore and and bringing on, you want to, to finish I think the general philosophy is you want to finish, particularly a team like Cork, you want to finish with your strongest 15 on the field, if at all possible. So it could well be that Shane Kingston would find himself on the sub bench again and bring brought on. And the same with Alan Cunningham, but what a difference they would make. I think I think it's the subs and their impact will will actually win this All-Ireland. And Limerick have it, they have the players, but you just sense the Cork, if they do hold Cadogan and Kingston back, they could well be the match winners in this All-Ireland final. Uh, just before we get on
0: to final predictions, so just <clears> one final <throat> thing, and I just mentioned this to Marty before we started recording, was this is Marty's fifth TV commentary, um, All-Ireland final TV commentary, uh, 17, 18, 19, and 20, 21. And in the five years he's done it, it's been a different pairing each time. So Watford, Galway in 17... Limerick Galway 18 Tip Kilkenny 19 Limerick Waterford last year and Cork Limerick this year is this a is this a golden age for hurling uh, Brendan
2: yeah, I think it is. I mean, if you if you, the game has evolved, obviously with what Limerick are doing and all, but others are catching up and they're catching up quickly. You look at Cork a couple of years ago; everyone was saying, "Oh, I don't know where Cork hurling is. Tis in the, it is in trouble. Tis this. Tis that." Now Cork and I are in a final, and suddenly they're the model for all underage hurling, yeah. that we should all be playing the way Cork are underage. So, I mean, it's just the way it's the way it is. But it is certainly very very healthy. And when we get back, and we've had we've had our lockdowns and all that kind of stuff and we've had a change. championship. Robin
0: comes back, it's going to be fantastic. Isn't yeah. it? It's going to be, that's what yeah, I'm saying.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. when the turbo hits on on this yeah. thing as well. You know, every game, it's a, it's a Champions League game, we'll call it. So, yeah, it is. Hurland's in a really, really good place at the moment. There's no doubt about that. Would you
3: agree, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. It reminds you of kind of the 90s when yeah. you often come to the 4 Wexford and what a time to be alive that was. Mm. Um, you know, the traditional counties weren't featuring as much and the variety, the, the different game plans. You know, The spectacles that we're being treated to and the round robin, as you say, coming back into uh next year will be brilliant. So it's just we just need to enjoy it for for, for what it is, and uh, long may it continue.
0: Uh, so predictions time, uh, let's go with the Kilkenny vote first. Where, how are you, how were you thinking? What are you, what are you leaning towards, Jackie?
3: Yeah, I suppose when when Cork did be Kilkenny, I had the view of I, I, if I still think Limerick are the all Ireland champions, but as time has moved along, I see the gap closing. And I, there's a lot to like about this Cork team, there really is, but I just feel this Limerick team, as I say, they're they, they are very, very confident, they know what they're about, and their backs, They just their distribution, they don't hit balls like Kenny did in the second half, 50-50 long-range balls, they'll hold on to that ball, they'll work it. that the 70-30 is in favour of Limerick, the 80-20 ball in. And this Limerick team, I expect them to get over the line. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news to Rory.
0: Oh, no problem. Brendan, would you go along with that? Yeah, uh,
2: I would, yeah. I would. I just think from... From minute one to 75, Limerick constantly puts you under pressure. They learned a huge lesson from 2019 when Kilkenny beat him. And I think they're still using that as motivation to drive themselves forward, to say, look, we have a golden generation of players here. Ideally, we should be going for to, to get our fourth all our fourth Ireland rather than our third. Um, and I think the process that they have is, um, I won't say bulletproof, but they all buy into it so much that even if you put them under pressure, they'll just fall back on the system. They'll work harder. The Tipperary game. I think they were concerned about their tackle count more than anything else in the first half. They upped the work rate in the second half, process started going and they took tip apart. So I think overall with the calmness that they have, Cork will give them pucks, but there's no doubt about that. But I just think that the belief and, and the structure that they have will get them across the line.
0: And Marty, uh, 10 past five on Sunday, you will be in full flow. So is it going to be, it'll be history either way. So like mm. it'll it'll either be the end of a sixteen year famine or it'll be back to back titles for Limerick for the first time. Ooh, what do you predict you will be commentating on?
1: Well, um talk about playing to the crowd. I, I was born in Mallow County Cork. I just want to put that out there, you know what I mean? Uh, and we've way more great... Cork
0: we've way more Cork listeners, Marty. You're right. <laughs> um I,
1: I Uh, You know, uh, it is interesting the word you used as a Cork man, because that's exactly what Kieran Kingston used in an interview with me. This has been a famine. It's 16 years. And I think they're highly motivated. And I think between underage, uh, the the, uh, minors, the the under 20s and now the seniors, I think Cork are coming and I think Cork will win in All-Ireland. I just think this might be a a step too far. I think Limerick have the overall balance. They're strong everywhere. Even the four of us can't really decide who's going to mark Keane Lynch, for instance. Uh, And uh, so if we're having a problem not uh, with All-Ireland medalists with us, it is going to be difficult. So the overall balance, I think it'll be a a good game. I think it'll be an exciting game. And I'm not playing politics here. Don't be surprised if Cork produced the shock of the year because I think it would be because I, I think everybody has Limerick written on the Liam McCarthy Cup. And the fact, and there's only a small point, the 1930s, Limerick won four Munster titles in a row, but never put back-to-back All-Irelands. This is time of Mackey. And this Limerick team have won three Munster titles in a row, and they're very determined to win two All-Irelands back-to-back. And of course, there's the whole historical thing of 1921, the Lee McCarthy Cup, Limerick being presented with it first. Not that that is is within the camp, but within Limerick, there is that momentum. So it's a long-winded way to say that I think Limerick will win with about two
0: points to spare. Uh, listen, we can't wait. Well, well, I can wait, actually, because the next couple of days are going to be tough. You know, uh, <laughs> we will be on edge, right? So if we I'm will. a bit narky, if I'm a bit narky on the phone, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: no, what will be funny, Lance, is that when I say yeah. that... That is a, is a very dirty tackle. That should be a red card for Cork. Your on. man will be in my ear. You're totally wrong, Martin. You
0: can't say that. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're really looking forward to it. And we're coming on on Sunday. It's going to be a mega mm-hmm. build-up. We're coming on at 2 o'clock on Sunday um, um, for a 90-minute build-up. Obviously, the match in at half three. Team parades are back, lads. Delighted. Yeah. to oh. that. Just great. Fantastic. We're really yeah. looking forward to that. It's such a special <laughs> tradition. And I think yeah. it's great to have that back. And uh, can't really wait for the ball to be thrown in at half three, RT2 two from two o'clock on Sunday. Everybody then is going to be back on Sunday night, team of the year on the Sunday game. And so much to look forward to. We'll be like the kid at Christmas. And we're all looking forward to it. Listen, lads, thanks very much for joining Cheers. me this morning. Yeah, and Rory, we- just before, just before yeah. you
1: go, Rory, I mean, I just want to clarify for the 6 1 news. Jackie Terrell is a contender for the temporary manager's job. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: No, no comment at this moment, Marion.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cheers, guys. Thanks, amazing. That's slide. Bye-bye. Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the
2: referee allow? Dublin lead by a <laughs> holiday.
0: We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurling, I love players that never give in. He hits it! He hits it! What? It's over the bar!